It's time again for the Mortgage Minute with Doug Krause, brought to you by Financial Residency. Doug has been a mortgage lender for over 20 years and specializes in physician loans. He is with BMO Bank and wrote a book called The Hippocratic House to educate physicians on home loans. You can request your free copy at DougKrause.com. You can call or text Doug anytime at 816-728-3631 or email him at doug.kraus at bmo.com. Now, get ready for today's episode of Mortgage Minute. Welcome back to the Mortgage Minute. I'm your host, Doug Kraus. You can always reach out to me at duckkraus.com, which has my email address and phone number both there. As always, feel free anytime to reach out and send me a competitor's quote if you just want somebody to take a quick look at it and tell you if it's fair. Today, I want to talk about uh, rates because I know that's on everybody's mind. Fed held steady last time. We have another one coming up in November. Seems pretty likely the consensus is 70 plus percent. The Fed is not going to move rates again. So the outlook looks like we may have peaked out and rates tend to lag behind what the Fed's done as far as, well, I should say the economy. They lag behind in the fact that inflation Still looks like it's going, but I think the changes the Fed has made has finally taken hold to the point that consensus indicates that not going to see another rate increase in November. That being said, I already see personally signs of a recession coming that I don't think they're going to unwind rates as much as originally expected, but I think that rates are going to unwind sooner than expected. So... I could see early spring already starting to see, you know, combined with the fact that it's an election year, I could see rates coming back off of where we're at now, half to three quarters of a point, maybe even as much as a full point by the end of 2024. But it doesn't help the pain at this point. It's just incredible when you think about it. A million dollar loan at seven and a half percent, the principal and interest is almost $7,000, like $6,993 versus say people that got three and a quarter percent year and a half ago or two years ago, that number's more like 4360. So huge difference. And I run into it so much lately of buyers, I think that are just really taken back with incomes in the three and 400,000 that are wanting to look at million dollar homes. And I have to tell them, it's like, look with student loan debt and any kind of car payment, you don't qualify for a million and a half dollars anymore. I've always been, regardless of rate, I don't like to see anybody spending much more than three times income. You could certainly get away with that when rates were 3% qualifying. I mean, every situation's different. If you have no debt, then with 3% rates, you could probably qualify for close to six times your income. Qualifying versus should you do it, it's two different things though. I think realistically, budget most people should be looking at, and there's always the exceptions of the coastal areas with housing being as expensive as it is. Sometimes you just don't have any choice, but ideally not spending more than 30% of your a calm income on your mortgage payment is ideal. And 
something else that's not really in my wheelhouse, but I still have my own rule of thumb is people's car payments. That has a big impact on buying a house. I mean, if you have a $700 car payment, that takes away $100,000 worth of your buying power. So I understand that a lot of you have deferred buying and me based on family growth through residency and training as you become an attending and just, you don't have to live uh, frugally through residency and med school that at the point you get the income, you kind of want to have a nice car too. But ideally, if you can pull off buying the car till after you get the house, car loans are easy. Literally, you could have a train wreck of a credit profile and your debt to income ratio could be stupid and lenders are still going to give you a car loan. Not true of a mortgage. So if there's any way you can hold off buying the car and postpone it until after you've got the mortgage, it might make a difference if you're pushing the upper limits of your affordability buying the house to get it first and then go back and get a car. Still don't like to see anybody over the actual 45% threshold that we allow on gross income, but do understand sometimes there's mitigating circumstances where people's income is not really what it looks like on paper to the underwriter, where maybe we qualify only one borrower's income because of credit score and there's additional income in the household. So it's not really as bad as it looks, but a true debt to income ratio, if you're living over 45%, you know, it's unfortunate. You're just working to live. It's not really a good situation where you're married to your job to the point you can't, you know, if you hate your job, you couldn't really afford to quit it to go find something else, you know, maybe taking a pay cut to have a change of lifestyle. So cars, in my opinion, are, I mean, I, I'm, man, you're talking to a car guy here. I love cars, but are you a depreciating asset? So in reality, I don't think. From a budgeting standpoint, from my opinion, you shouldn't be spending more than 10% of your monthly income on all your car payments and no more than 50% of your gross annual income for the valuation of all of your cars. Different story if you're financially, you know, set and you have money, but I'm talking about people that are financing cars. You know, if you make $400,000. $200,000 is a lot of cars and realistically that's too much. I mean, it should be more like 30% and that's 120,000 and that's not even two new cars anymore for a lot of the cars, but it is what it is. I mean, if you don't want to live to the point where you waiting on next paycheck to be able to pay next month's bills, then I think it's smart to budget accordingly. And I like the idea of no more than 10% of your take home pay go towards your car payments. So anyway, that's my thoughts on where rates are headed and what's going to happen this November. I think they're going to sit as is. That seems to be the consensus of most of the experts. So time will tell here in a few weeks. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.